The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your host, Rob. Put your best players out there, Mike. And Ryan. He missed the net, and it somehow went in. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. said all summer that if any big news happened, we would reconvene, do a show, break it all down, episode 30 of Talking Buds, and we have no shortage of things to talk about after July 1st, the opening of NHL Free Agency. What a couple of days it has been. Let's go, buddy. Bring it on. Bring on all the topics, questions, trades, thoughts, opinions. Let's go. Let's get it started. I can't wait. All right. Before we get into that, hold on one second. I already had mine cracked, so I can't, I can't join in. All right. Let's get going here. So I thought about today that we were going to do this show and I was like, are we going to go chronologically? And then I was like, no, 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 no. We got to start with the biggest news first. And What will be a contender for biggest story of the offseason until Mitch Marner signs or doesn't sign is Ryan Nazem Kadri has played his last game in a Maple Leafs uniform. The Maple Leafs trade Nazem Kadri, Callie Rosen, a 2023rd round pick to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Tyson Berry, Alexander Kerfoot, and a 2026th round pick. Ryan, before we get in and start breaking this down and talking the details, give me your reaction when you heard the news. Um, I was happy because what I've been saying is this team needs to add on the back end, and this trade does exactly that. And forget all the personalities, all the loyalty that we have to Nazem Kadri. Put that aside. Kyle Dubas went out and he did what I asked and what most fans are asking is to upgrade on the defense. Now we could sit here and debate Jake Ty- I mean Tyson Berry's game uh defensively, offensively, whatever, but if you just look at it at the end of the day, it is Kyle Dubas upgrading his defense and that is what this hockey team needs desperately. I absolutely agree with you. Um I don't know much about Alexander Kerfoot, the other player in the deal, but hockey Twitter seems to be really stoked on his addition. So you're taking away a center and Nazem Kadri, you're adding a guy who can potentially play center and Kerfoot. Ryan, do you know anything about Alexander Kerfoot? Well, I know he was only like a point or two off from Kadri last year. So he had 15 goals, 27 assists in 78 games played. Yeah, I I just, you know what? He's a guy who's a more traditional third-line center. 
compared to Nazem. You could see that Nazem wasn't exactly thriving in that role last year. And this is the price you have to pay when it's time to ship guys out the door because you need to clear cap space or trade one of your strengths on your depth chart for your biggest weakness. And Nazem Kadri was a casualty in that exchange that Kyle Dubas had to make. Let's talk a little bit more about Nazem Kadri, right? You know, he's drafted by the team. He he was here through it all. He was here. He played for Dallas Eakins of the Marlies. He played a little bit for Ron Wilson. He was here through the whole Randy Carlisle, um, Peter Horachuk era. The first year Shanny was here, they had some issues with Nazem Kadri. Shanny had to have a private meeting with him to help straighten him out. Babcock came in. One of the best things that ever happened in Nazem Kadri's career was Mike Babcock becoming the head coach of the Maple Leafs, in my opinion. And Brandon Shanahan becoming president of the Toronto Maple Leafs yes, as well. for sure. Ryan, Ryan, just give some thoughts on Nazem Kadri. Yeah, you said you basically summed it up. He's a guy that he's been around for it all. When you say you played for Ron Wilson, you know you've been through the Maple Leaf ups and downs. Well, remember there was the whole thing back. with how Wilson was using him. It was like a big controversy about how he wouldn't play him and he would bench him, and then they would they were like. Um, screwing him around between the Leafs and the Marlies. Yeah, Nas has been through it all in this in this organization with the team. Played in the AHL. He's been through it all. He's a, a Toronto born. He's not Toronto born, but he's he's around the area. He's always wanted to play for the Maple Leafs, and I could tell by his little Instagram post and his little line, which. You asked me for a heart, and I gave you my soul or whatever. Like, you knew this guy is just heartbroken. Oh, yeah. Heartbroken. Just so upset. But Can't live the Toronto lifestyle anymore. Yeah, and he was a guy who really liked it, right? Like, we'll talk about... Dude, he loved it. Yeah. Without a doubt, this guy was the definition of a guy to be absolutely stoked to where it be a Toronto Maple Leaf and everything that comes with that and growing up in the area and... Everything. And it's just you read that Instagram post and you're kind of heartbroken for him because I think he has his flaws. But I think any Maple Leaf fan would say, you know what? Like, I I, I like Naz. Naz brought a lot to the table. But it's just this is what happens when when you need to you need to upgrade. You got to trade one of your good players, one of your good guys, one of those guys who've been around a leader. And you know what? Naz is very sad, and I'm sure he's still very sad. It's bittersweet. It really is. Like, for for a longtime Lee fan who's watched Naz kind of grow up before our very eyes, you loved... This is a team, you know, that's been often criticized about their lack of toughness and pushback, and Naz was a guy who provided that and didn't... Uh, to his detriment, quite honestly. Like, we all speculated after what happened in the playoffs this last year that he, he might have, like, two years in a row is pretty bad and pretty indefensible. And it's too bad. Um, I will say this. It's not like he's going to a crap team. No, no. And he's going to play probably back to where he belongs at a second-line center position. Yeah, agreed. That, that That's kind of where he belongs. It's almost like it's good that you move on him now because even though he's a, he's a good player and you know what he's capable of, just him in that third-line role in this hockey team behind Tavares, behind Matthews, just wasn't working for him and probably wasn't going to work for him offensively. So maybe his value would decrease. So this was almost the time to go, you know what? We we signed, uh, we'll get to that later, but we signed Jason Spezza and we're getting a center back. 
So you know what? If we got to ditch Naz to upgrade our D, let's let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I, you know what, Ryan? This is um this is as bittersweet of a feeling as I can remember. Usually, when the Leafs make a trade, you're kind of like out of your mind and like really stoked about it. And like, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm stoked about this, and I absolutely agree with pulling the trigger on it. But it's uh, it's too bad. It's too bad. Um, yeah, yeah, it's too bad. But I'm not. I wasn't the biggest Nazem Kadri fan in the world. I will miss his like ability to piss other teams off because that's now a quality this team almost does not have at all. Yeah. But you know, just this is this is what happens in the new NHL, man. Anything uh, before we get into their two new additions in this deal? Anything you'd like to say about Callie Rosen? We didn't see much of him. Oh, he was more my. of a Marley. Callie Rosen. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, yeah, it's a nice throw. He's, in. he's penciled in for the top six. It's like, thank God he's not now. Like, whoa. Like, let's yeah. chill on the Callie Rosen, lovely fans. So you want to chill had, on the Callie Rosen hype. Yeah, like, whoa. Slow down here. Had a couple good games in the A. Let's chill. We, sit, we saw it happen with our backup goalie last year who had a couple good games in the A. Means nothing. All right, let's get into the two additions here from uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Let's start with Tyson Berry. Much-needed defensive help. Right-handed shot. Mike Babcock is probably just salivating at that. Ryan, the best piece of business, in my opinion, with respect to this deal, is somehow, some way, Kyle Dubas convinced Joe Sackick and the Colorado Avalanche to pick up half the tab for Tyson Berry. So... His cap hit with the Leafs is only $2.75 million. That is an impressive. And you're adding a legit top four guy for that price. I know he's a UFA at the end of next season. But still, one year at 2.75 is an impressive, impressive piece of business by Kyle Dubas. Yeah, I'd like to ask Joe Sackett, like what the thought process was behind that. The only thing I can really think of is the guy is a free agent at the end of the year. You're pro- he's probably going to sign for a, a decent amount of money somewhere. Yep. You're probably not going to pay him. Yep. So let's get a really good player that we need on our team in return who it's not a huge amount of money compared to what guys are making now. But I'm sure Joe Sackick was like, there's got to be something in their salary cap where he was like, you know what? If I'm getting this good of a player and he thinks that highly of Kadri, then I- I'm I'm... I'm taking half a cap hit for one year. I can fit it in. We're not going to re-sign him anyways. His need's probably a second-line center, and he got exactly that. Barry's numbers last season in 78 games played, 14 goals, 45 assists, 59 points. Pretty good. Um, yeah, you're I getting think, Kyle Dubas' dream here, bud. Yeah, I think at this point in time, like if, if you're envisioning the Leafs' top four in your head, it's probably Riley and Barry, Muzzin, and Dermott. How do you feel about that? I could see Babs being like, let's put Muzzin and Barry together. Oh, yeah. We don't want to to put our two top guys together. So he's he's for sure going to find a way to Babcock his way in here. I'm sure Tyson Barry will probably play in 10 minutes his first 10 games starting next season, knowing Babcock at this point. I I know. That's the thing about all these additions that the. It's just like like you're, you're putting the roster together in your head, but you're like, oh, yeah, Babs is behind the bench. So none of this means anything. Honestly, well, he kind of fits exactly. He's kind of just an upgrade from Jake Gardner. And he's a lot like Morgan Riley in the sense where he's productive offensively. 
and it's a defensive game. I, I haven't sat down and watched a ton of Tyson Berry hockey, but from what I understand and from his stats and his highlights, this is a guy, he's, he's like Morgan Riley. He's an offensive guy, and he's not going to exactly dummy guys in the uh, defensive zone to get the puck back. But it's still an upgrade, and it's still someone on the back end. So you know what? I'm going to look through all that. I don't really care what any analyst has to say about his defensive game. I'm just happy Kyle Dubas went out and, and upgraded. You were you were banging that drum on our last show. Yeah, and it's like nothing's perfect in this league. Like you can't just go out and revive Scott Stevens and bring him to 2019 because that's what exactly what some Leaf fans want. But it's just you, you took a strength on your team and you upgraded on your back end. And Tyson Berry. He's going to be a good player this year. I, I know that. He's going to tr- contribute offensively. Like don't don't worry about the scoring. Like there's there's another guy who's going to produce offensively. But it's just I'm just happy there was an upgrade. Like thank you. Yeah. Like I'm I'm with you on that. Just uh let's touch a little bit more on Kerfoot. I think we all see him slotting into that 3C role you said. Although he's played some wing too. You said earlier that he um he makes sense as a third um, line centerman more than Naz did. I agree with you on that. Just his numbers again, 15 goals, 27 assists, 42 points. Um, yeah. I mean, the, uh, listen, I, I didn't, I haven't watched a ton of the Colorado avalanche. I'm pretty zoned in on the Maple Leafs. I don't admittedly, I, I watch a lot of the league during the playoffs. I don't really watch a whole lot in the regular season. We got 82 leaf games to keep a handle on. So it gets to be a bit much, but anyone whose opinion I respect was pretty pleased with this Kerfoot edition. So that's good enough for me. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Just wait and see, man. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and judge a guy on his... Like, he's one of those guys. You just got to wait and see. Like, let's let's see what he can do. He's going to get minutes on the third or fourth line, projected third line. So I, I'm not going to pass any, any judgment on him right now. I, I don't want to speculate. I just want to see him play and how he does, and then we'll judge him from there. All right, let's get into the... Other trade that happened on July 1st, this one a bit more polarizing. This one came first. It came first thing in the morning, actually. It was speculated for a couple of days, and then they finally pulled the trigger on it. The Maple Leafs send Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, and Michael Carson to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Cody Ceci, Ben Harper, Aaron Luchuk, 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 Luchuk. Do you know any? Do you know that? Am I saying I that right? Oh man, we're not we're not good with names on here. Yeah. Don't 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 get mad at us. Yeah, that, there's so many like hockey nerds who just study the numbers who are like, oh my god, these guys are rank amateurs right now. Ah, I don't, I really do not care. Neither do I. You you uh, you listen to talking buds because you want to hear two buds talking hockey. If you if you don't like it, there's plenty of other analytic podcasts you can listen to. Trust me. And a 2023rd round pick. So Ryan. Let's start with the players that we sent to the Ottawa Senators. Nikita Zaitsev. It was clear, we talked about this on our last episode, it was clear that he couldn't stand the heat, so he wanted to get out of the kitchen. He did not like the spotlight here in Toronto. He did not like um, the criticism that he faced last year from both the fan base and the media. So he asked for a trade, and he waived it to go to Ottawa, which I found really interesting, because why... And he was not the only one. We'll talk about some of their other additions later, but he was not the only one who wanted to go to Ottawa. Your thoughts on uh, Nikita Zaitsev? You know what? It's it's right now. I'm happy to see him go because it's been brutal, and 
If you re-listen to every single Talking Buds episode, if you have that time, uh, we ripped the guy. Ripped him. He was Just he was carved him, dude. He was bum of the week, like every oh, other week. It's awful. Yeah, and and it wasn't all bad. Like it was that year. In the year before, he struggled. And his first year, you know, he showed good promise. Clearly, he did because that warned him a seven-year deal. Yeah. Like uh, clearly, there was something going right for him, but. Clearly, this guy can't handle the heat, and we put a lot of heat on him, us included. I'm not going to pretend that there wasn't heat on him. Some guys could handle it. Some guys can't. It felt like he was one of our bums of the week every other week during the oh, season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He was horrible. You you always say that, that when the puck is on that guy's stick, it's an absolute grenade. Yeah, it is. Grenade. He sucks. He sucks. So so it's it's I, I, I'm just happy to see some fresh faces in here, man. Like I'm not I'm not gonna get bummed out because Zaitsev got traded. Yeah, regardless no, yeah. of how you how you think of them, it's just I'm just happy to get some fresh faces in here, man. I agree. Um, I don't. One of the things like before we continue on with talking about this trade, one of the things I like about Dubis doing all this stuff is it shows these guys that if you when you fail, there are consequences. You don't just all get to get eliminated by Boston again in the first round and go have your nice fun summer. And then come back and everything's fine. You get to try again. Doesn't work that way. So thanks for coming out. Goodbye. Which leads us to the next piece that was sent back into the Ottawa Senators. Connor Brown. Ryan, we talked about him. He was another guy who I was in the bum of the week quite often last season. He just, you know what? The things Kyle Dubas said about him as a person, and I believe them. I believe Connor Brown is a salt of the earth guy. Anytime you hear him talk, he just seems like a beauty and a guy that you'd really love as a teammate and all that. But he just, he struggled to contribute. I don't know it was if it's with like the offensive firepower they have in the top six. He just had a hard time finding his way in there, no matter how many times his number one fan behind the bench tried to force him in there. I I just, I feel bad for the guy, but I think it was time to move on. Yeah, I can't, I can't sit here and chirp Connor Brown. Bum of the week several times. No doubt about it, but he's just, you could just tell, like, I don't need to hear anyone say anything about Connor Brown, just watching him in his interviews or on the ice or how he plays. You know, the guy's just a beauty. Like he's just, he's just a good dude who contributed a lot in his first year. He scored 20 goals. He was, he was going to be counted on to be an offensive guy. And then he just kind of slowly transitioned into like a, like a grinder. And it's almost like he lost his skill overnight and just became all about getting pucks in deep and chasing the puck and good forward checking and and everything. And it's just Connor Brown, good dude, guy you want to have on your team. But if if we have to clear cap space, even though he's not making us a ton of money, then if Connor Brown has to go out the door, then you got to go out the door, man. Like, thank you. Babcock probably thinks about you every night. Luckily, Hyman's still here, though, so yeah, yeah. so he's still. He, I'm sure he can stay okay, but he's probably relieved now. He only has to wear one jersey under his suit. Yeah, well, he's definitely. I, I always thought he was a little bit more of a Hyman guy, yeah. but Connor Brown was not very far behind. Um, so the other pieces are largely AHL minor league pieces, except for Cody CC Ryan. This is a polarizing move amongst Leafs Nation, getting him back in return. He's a restricted. First of all, I, 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 I didn't 
like I again haven't watched him that closely, but you see quite a bit of him because the Leafs play play the Sens a lot. And I mean, so here's what happened: the Leafs make the deal. CC's coming back. Darren Drager, who has earned the nickname Paul Marner over the last few weeks, says <laughs> says that CC has verbally agreed to a one year four point five million dollar contract with the Leafs. Arb, Clay, Arb case likely would have come in above that and that would have worked for Toronto. Good opportunity for CC to raise his market value. So Kyle Dubas goes on primetime sports yesterday and alludes to that th- that hasn't actually happened. They haven't come to a one-year deal with him and that he has an arbitration case coming. So you're bringing in Cody CC, who has largely disappointed in his career. And a lot of people think he stinks. But if you're signing him at 4.5 to 5, the 4 point something range, you're basically getting rid of five more years of Nikita Zaitsev, four or five more years of Zaitsev for one year of Cody Cece. Your thoughts this, on yeah, that? Yeah, to me, this trade, I, I I can't sit here and defend Cody Cece from Ottawa Senators fans and from seeing him. He's just... He's not a guy I'm going to get stoked about. No. But this deal was all about getting rid of Nikita Zaitsev. To me, that's all I saw when this deal was made. And what you heard in the offseason of him wanting to move on. This trade wasn't going to be to get a good piece. This trade was to to get rid of him, period. Yep. And at least. At least he got a D back. Like, I'm not stoked about him, but it's better than getting a guy who's going to play in the A. Like, you know. CC scares me. And I'll tell you why he scares me. 6'2", 209 pounds. Uh-oh. Coach. Oh, yeah, buddy. And Uh-oh. all he's got it, all this guy does. Labs. Yeah, all this guy has to do Look is. Out, yep, all he has to do is get in that weight room. And oh, he, yeah. Get beside Hyman, baby. Yeah, get beside Hyman in, we the, go. in the weight room and show a little drive train. And Travis Dermott will be on the third pair Ooh. faster than you can say Cody CC and Jake Muzzin. The I Bash can, Brothers. I, <laughs> I like that theory, buddy. Oh. You, you you get in that weight room with Hyman and you start deadlifting and oh, yeah. squatting and mixing in with some and showing that fast a, twitch muscle fiber agility. Oh, good. And you show that you're a good... <laughs> You show that you're a good pro. Oh, buddy. The second, because, like, again, I, I don't I don't watch the sentence closely. I just see some dude back there who kind of sucks in his own zone. <laughs> Number five for the Ottawa Senators, Cody CC. And so the Leafs pick him up. And I'm with you. It's like, okay, they made this deal because Zaitsev wanted to leave. And they their defense is already depleted. So they're going to they're gonna have to take this guy back. Whatever. So I pull him up. And all I see, 6'2". 210 and i'm like oh jesus oh here we go this guy travis dermott is gonna have to play out of his mind to keep this guy from swiping (laughs) his top four spot oh yeah yeah Uh, you know i i I, that's that's where you come in like i i see cody cc i'm just like i'm like ah like whatever cody cc you look at it you're like here we go yeah maybe mike will head down to the merch shop after and Pick up a CC jersey a couple weeks in if the drivetrain is there. Uh, anyways, we'll see what happens. They have the ARB hearing. There is a chance that they could potentially walk away from him. I don't see that happening because they need defensemen. 
And because, like I said, there's no way Mike's going to just let a 6-2 defenseman walk without at least shoving him over the boards as much as he possibly can. So we'll see what happens there. Either way, I'm with you. It was uh, The whole point of this trade was to get rid of Nikita Zaitsev, and he accomplished that, so... Nice job, Kyle Dubas. Before we move on from the Ottawa Senators, Ryan, I just want to touch quickly. Ron Hainsey signs a one-year, $3.5 million deal with the Sens. Your thoughts on that? Great. Yeah. Good for Ron. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, good for him. You know what? Good for Ron Hainsey. Pierre guy, Dorian was he... willing to give him 3.5. Good oh, for him. Oh, boy. Pierre. Oh, yeah. Our, Don't our start guy, bringing Pierre. Pierre in this, bud. God, that goofy face. Yep. But it's just, you know, Ron Haynes, I got, we we were actually one of his biggest fans last year. We were we were actually sticking up for him well, for we, most of the we, year. We, we stood up. Believe it or not. Yep. You know what? I, I have a place for Ron, but I, I'm surprised that he got paid kind of, what was it, three and a half? Yeah, 3.5. Three and a half? It's like, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that, um, but it's it's becoming the the Ottawa Maple Leafs. They're going out and signing. Yeah, all after the, after Melnick came out and chirped and, the Leaf defense last year, he goes and picks oh yeah, up his goes and gets Hainsey, yeah. Tyler Ennis. Yeah, Tyler Ennis, there you go. Have a chance. One year. Connor Brown, Nikita Zaitz. Think of all the think of all the guys like we just mentioned that are going to play for the Seds, like. Are you looking at any one of those guys being no. like, oh, no, literally, I, I'm going to miss that. Of all guy. the players that Kyle Dubas has jettisoned this offseason, the only one that I have any remote feelings for is Naz. And even then, I'm still sitting here going, it was necessary to attain a legit defenseman. Oh, I yeah. love that. So, well, I, I was, I was, well, no, actually, you know what? I'm going to save this line till the end. I'm going to save this line till the end. So quickly, you already mentioned it. Tyler Ennis, one year, 800K. Good for him. Played well for the Leafs last year. Uh, probably weren't going to have him back. Um, good for Tyler Ennis. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, some of the free agent signings. On July 1st, we're, like, they signed Kenny Agostino, two years, $1.4 million. Stop the yeah, press, yeah, Don't buddy. know much. Yeah, Woo! don't, don't know much about either one of these guys. Nick Shore, the other one. Oh, yeah. One year, 750 k Again, the hockey nerds who are deep in the analytics are listening to us right now being like, oh my God, I can't with these rank amateurs. Kevin Gravel, one year, 700K. Congratulations, Kevin Gravel. Welcome to... uh, Stoke. All right, let's talk about this one. I've been waiting to talk about this one. The Maple Leafs signed Jason Spezza. Hometown Jason Spezza to a one-year 700K deal. Ryan, I like this move. There's one thing about it that makes me very, very nervous. What is Jason that? Spezza is a seasoned veteran player who took the league minimum to come here and play for this team. I tip my cap to him. He's a guy who I think can come in useful and situationally. So fourth line center role, face-offs, PK. I look into my crystal ball though, Ryan, and I envision you and me sitting right here Talking in January, after the Leafs just defeated the pick a team, uh, Buffalo Sabres, and we're going through the ice time. Jason Spezza, nineteen twenty-seven. <laughs> Austin Matthews, seventeen thirty-five. <laughs> 
a common thing. That's the only thing. Holy shit. That's the only thing about this signing that scares the hell out of me because Spezza apparently met with and listen, I'm not here to chirp Jason Spezza. I love that he did this. I'm I'm yeah, I same, love that he did same. this. Same. I'll get, I'll Absolutely get to that too. Absolutely nothing same. personal against Jason Spezza, okay? But he came here, he took the league minimum, he wants to be here. He's a good pro and he was on the radio the other night and he was talking about meeting Dubis and Babs and it was just Babs this, Babs that. Babs can help me uh, transition in my next role, yada, yada, yada. Uh, uh, it just, it just like, oh my God. Like, we're going to be in round one against Boston next year, game seven, and there's Austin Matthews on the bench and Jason Spets out with two minutes left. Oh, yeah. Well, all, I, I think it's, I think I like how Spets did this, man. It was like, I just made a boatload of money in dallas and i was mediocre at best so i made my money and i'm gonna come home and make the league minimum just so i can play for the maple leafs play for babs have a role that isn't like there's no pressure on him at all like there's no pressure on the guy you just signed for the league minimum bud you're here you're here to be a beauty like, regardless of where you think his game's at right now, when a guy signs for league minimum and just opens up, like, imagine Jason Spets a couple years ago, like, trying to sign him would be and ridiculous. It'd be like, yeah, give me, give me seven he million. He will be open to, like, Marlowe comparisons for that reason because Marlowe, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Marlowe was targeted. That's, oh, that's a good point. Marlowe was targeted because that cap hit, buddy, and what he was offering on a nightly basis this guy is took league minimum to play the fourth line role and just be a yep. beauty like I, that's I, I i think it's sick with that he did that like why why not man like you're at the end of your career you already made a ton of money and to me it shows that he knows like where he's at right now at in his career and as a player so let's Ryan, go sign for I no encourage, pressure and have i some encourage fun. anyone who's skeptical about this to listen to him on primetime from July 1st, it was, I was very impressed and happy to hear his perspective and, and his desire, his, he knows his role in this team and he's ready to embrace it. And I commend him for that. So this is why I yeah, ultimately, exactly. and again, the only way I'm going to get irritated with Jason Spezza this season has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with, you know, who behind the bench. Yeah. And that, that's not Spezza's no, fault. Not. But I'll take Jason Spezza league minimum over Freddie the Goat, 100%. man. Like, I, I don't care what, what he brings anymore. I will take Jason Spezza on the fourth line, old, end of his career, any day over Freddie the Goat. I am so tired of even saying Freddie the Agreed. Goat. It is ridiculous. Like, let's let's go here. Like, that, that was, like... He's not. He's not a guy you need on your roster. Last two, the like, last two, the Leafs uh, bringing back a couple guys. First and foremost, Michael Hutchinson also signs a 700k deal. Um, do we anticipate mm. him being the backup goalie to Freddie Anderson? I'd put I'd put him ahead of 100. percent I would as well. I think it's crazy. But you can also make the argument that they could. That that's another piece of business that Dubas should look into. I know they're not going to have any money to work with, but. Man, like, well, I don't we're know. All, we're all if still waiting can go, for go 60 games anymore. We're also but. waiting for Mitchie to get over himself before we can start figuring out what's next. So, who knows when that's yeah. going to happen? That's a whole other issue. Yeah, I, dude, dude, after last year, 
I I'm I'm not I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Well, they soon. can't. Nope. The problem is is I can see them going to camp. Well, man. well, well, because well, then he has to then he has to sit out the whole year. They have to trade him. They don't have the ability. Like last year, they were able to um, bring Nylander in and pay him ten million. They can't do that with Marner this year. So yeah, it's a good so point. if he's not in camp. He's either sitting out the whole year or they're trading him. And that's a whole other episode. We'll we'll do a whole Marner episode down the road. But Ryan, I saved the best piece of la- best piece of news for last. Martin Marinson has signed a 1-year contract worth 700k with the Maple Leafs. He just can't go away. <laughs> no. Nope. Can't. He's here for good. You need your you need your depth guy. Your 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 busser, the guy who's just a NHL, A NHL. You give Marty a call, mm-hmm. and that's what Kyle did. So before we wrap this up, I want to make I want to make one point. My favorite thing about this offseason so far is that Kyle Dubas has systematically removed all of Babcock's favorites from this roster. Patty Marlowe, gone. Nikita Zaitsev, gone. His two assistant coaches, gone. Connor Brown, gone. Jake, Jake Gardner. Gardner, gone. Well, he's... He, he, Even though he, that wasn't Dubas' doing. He can't but, afford him. Nope. Speaking of which, what did you think of the uh, Dave, naming Dave Haxtell, the new assistant? I don't know much about him, except that he was, uh, he was coaching Philly for a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't get caught up in the assistant coaching conversation you just it's impossible to know like what they do or how much they could contribute they don't barely talk to the he media like like and if they do it's just classic coach answer he like, looks like he could be i don't know what they do talk. they look like they could be brothers like what, what do no, they do like how do i know i don't i don't, I don't, I don't know either there's no insight before we go i wanted to ask you about this because you always have such great takes on the subject your opinion of the Pittsburgh Penguins trading Phil Kessel to the Arizona Coyotes, specifically Kessel's comments about what Jimmy Rutherford had to say to him. Oh, boy. There is one thing I know for sure, is that if Phil Kessel is around long enough, it is going to get sour. Because you get tired of Phil. Now, it's not so bad because Phil got his two rings... And he was a damn big piece in those runs. Yes, he was. Like, let's not mistake that. I'm not I'm not chirping Phil Kessel as a hockey player or his ability or his skill or his legacy. But one thing you know about Phil is if he sticks around long enough, that personality is going to crawl up your skin and it's going to end sour. And that's exactly what happened in Pittsburgh, which is kind of a like they're a pretty classy organization like it's not like he he left that the, the like a scumbag nhl hockey team like very rarely do you see that out of them so jamie rutherford's been around for a long time um and he got sick of phil man i'm sure the coach got sick of phil i'm sure some of the players off the ice weren't sick of phil but on the ice some of the things he does his effort level his like his is give a you know what meter to quote good old Maple Leaf times when Phil yep. was around. It, it's it, it always ends sour with Phil. So I'm sure he'll love Arizona though. He'll be golfing that every day. Is 
For sure. All right. I think that'll just about do it for episode 30 of the Talking Buds podcast. Ryan, I'm thinking we will convene once again whenever this Mitch Marner drama gets sorted out. I have no idea when it's going to happen. There's still tons of speculation. Um, There could be some more deals and signings coming down the pike, but I, I find it difficult to believe that the Leafs will be super active until this Marner situation gets sorted out. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I think it's going to be a while. Like, it's not happening next week. That That's what I know yeah. for sure. It might not go into December, but it's not happening next week. Thank So, here we go. Thank you very much for downloading, everybody. We will catch you next time. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.